0: You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 66. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hello and welcome to the show today. We have a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and if you've ever been on one of my webinars, you know about this topic. I know it resonates with many of you, even if you call it something different. That topic is the Indeed Death Scroll. Now, let me start off by saying this is not an indictment of Indeed, not by a long shot. I use that name Because it is the largest job search engine, and so it's ripe for this ineffective strategy that I call the Indeed Death Scroll, but you can use this ineffective strategy on any platform, and I'm here to convince you today why you should stop doing that. So, the Indeed Death Scroll is a term I coined a couple of years ago when I was reflecting on my time staying home with the kids but I was ready to go back to the workforce. So I'd sit on my dark brown leather couch during my kid's nap time. And I'd scroll through these job postings and my brain would start churning. And it would say things like, they would never hire you. You aren't cut out for that. You don't have all those skills. They would never value the skills you do have. Some of those really helpful thoughts would go through my brain. And as you can see, that was a highly ineffective strategy. Because when my brain went there, I felt inadequate and not valued in the marketplace. And so then what did I do? Well, I learned a new programming language, of course. I went to graduate school. I kept thinking more learning was the answer. Now, if you were out there thinking, I just need to learn one more thing. I just want to say, yeah, I feel you. I totally get it. That's exactly what I thought, too. But I want you to question that along the way the entire time, because maybe you don't need to learn one more thing. Maybe you know everything you need to know right now. And if you're new, you're thinking, uh, no, that's not the case. I'm totally brand new. I get it. There are likely some skills you have to acquire, but that question, do I really need to learn one more thing before I get hired, is going to be crucial for your development. Because unfortunately, you're likely to think you keep needing one more thing. So I, and here's how I know it, because I am an undergrad in computer science. And I thought that after a certain point, that degree was just negated and I was starting from zero. That's literally how I was approaching job search. Now, there's a balance here. You can't get a degree and then do none of that work for a decade and think that you're qualified for a job. I, I know that. I know that a degree doesn't mean you still that you stop working in any way. But it also doesn't mean that that degree isn't a valid component. And if you're thinking that's nice for you, Ellen, I don't have a computer science degree. That's okay. Your degree or your prior experience is still a relevant piece of the puzzle. Okay, so. Your degree is one factor. Your prior experience is one factor in your job search. And then learning is one factor. Do you see how if you think about starting over or I have to learn everything and you don't fill in those other components, you're selling yourself short and you're also having an ineffective strategy because you weren't leveraging all the pieces of you that put you in a good position. To get hired in your tech dream job. Okay. So I'm not suggesting that when I learned Ruby on Rails, that's what I, that's what I, the programming language I learned at home, that that was a bad choice for me. It really wasn't necessarily a bad choice. The point that I'm trying to make is how I felt when I was done. Tell me if this feels familiar to you. I felt like I needed to know more. And I think part of that was ego for me because it was really hard for me to think about re-entering as a more junior person, which may have been necessary if I wanted to pursue a Ruby on Rails developer position, but most of that was just fear. Most of that was just, I need to learn more. When the best way to learn is often getting the real world experience. So when you go to any job search tool, and your brain starts going down all the ways you are not good enough for those jobs you are seeing, you are doing the Indeed Death Scroll. And it's time to close your computer because nothing you are doing is moving your getting hired process forward. That's the lens I want you to view it from. So let me talk to you about why job hunting is the wrong language and why I'm using the term getting hired process. And language here is really, really important because when we think about obtaining a job as job hunting, we can stay in that looking stage. We can look forever. I know women getting into tech or getting back into tech who have looked for over a year because they're approaching it from, I'm job hunting, I'm job hunting. There's actually some comfort in that. Like I'm currently hunting for a job. And and I know the interview is tough, but once you've made that commitment that you're looking, That's one thing. But looking is not an action-oriented approach. And hunting is not action-oriented language. The reason that this language matters so much is that if you approach getting hired from the hunting perspective, you're likely going to take the wrong actions. And so I see this a lot, and I did this a lot with Indeed Death Scroll. We start By looking at what is out there. And that's the wrong approach. Okay. Here's why. When we let others set the agenda for what's realistic, we lose. We need to be setting the vision for what we want first. Then and only then are we ready to start looking at job postings. And I can already hear some of you saying, how can I decide what jobs I want if I don't go looking at the job boards? I have to look what they are first. I hear you, but actually, you don't. Actually, job titles and duties and salaries are mostly flexible. There are really very few extremely well defined jobs out there where the duties don't change based on the person and the skill sets aren't somewhat flexible based on the person holding the position. Plus, I would submit that if the job does have completely rigid duties, you likely won't want that job. My husband had an accounting job like that for a Fortune 100. It was horrible. He lasted six months. He was bored out of his mind. And most jobs in tech are not that rigid. But if they are, you likely don't want one of those because your value will not be recognized. And if your value isn't recognized, your salary will not be able to grow with the value that you provide, which will grow. So language really matters when it comes to getting hired. You're getting hired, you're not hunting. You're first deciding what your dream job would look like. And you can snag our freebie at youartechy.com slash dream job so that you can define exactly what you are looking for. You can do that before you even have a single skill in that area. This is exactly what you want to do. Step number one, define your dream job first. Step number two, look at the skills required for that job. Here's where it's totally fine to look at some job postings because you're doing it in a way that is structured and you know what you're looking for. You're not evaluating whether you're good or bad. You're looking for a specific job and saying, what are the skills out there? Once you have that list, then you're going to assess your current skills and basically subtract. The skills you need for that job minus the skills you currently have, remembering that degree, remembering your prior experience or your current experience if you're working, even if it's not in tech, those are still going to be skills that are applicable. And so once you have that, the skills that you need for the job you want minus the skills you have in your current skill base, you have a gap that's it. It's just a gap. It's not something to beat yourself up over. It's not something to freak out about. It's just a gap and gaps can be filled. Now that you have your skills gap, you can create your learning plan from there. And far from learning everything, you're going to know the path of the skills required for the job you want. So that's how you want to limit your learning to the job that you want, not just to everything that's out there because it is so overwhelming. And you will likely overdo it with those skills as well, but at least it's a good filter. Now, there's research that shows that in order to apply for a job, women feel like they need 100% of the criteria, while men usually apply after meeting about 60%. Also, women end up applying to 20% fewer jobs than men, and that's from LinkedIn business talent solutions. So it's important to understand those statistics and then challenge yourself to ensure you're not over-learning at the cost of under-earning because of delayed hiring, right? The sooner you're earning income, then the sooner you're not under-earning, you want to shorten that time with whatever you can do. And it will require overcoming some fear, but if you look at it and you kind of f- flip That job search process lends that way, you're going to have a much faster trajectory than if you just feel like you need to learn everything because that doesn't really go away. So I've talked a lot about when to apply for a job, how many skills you have, but let's talk about the actual process of getting hired. I think it may surprise many of you. It's definitely not what most of my students come in expecting. And many of my students come from the perspective of step one, I create my portfolio. Step two, I apply for jobs. That's how I get hired. Now, I know that's a familiar place to be and it's easy to comprehend. So it feels good in our brains. But ultimately, this process is not nearly as effective for success in getting hired, getting hired in your dream job or for a salary you love. Let me say that again. So this is not the most effective strategy to getting hired at all or getting hired in your dream job or for a salary that you love. So let's talk about what that process looks like to be effective and get hired in the dream job and get the salary. And I want to take it from the perspective of you have two hours a day and maybe you have one hour, maybe you have four, but you'll get a good sense from this. Let's say you have two hours a day to devote to your learning. Here's how I recommend you spend them for maximizing your salary and the speed with which you get hired. So let's assume you've done that dream job description and you've made a decision and you committed. Now, I know that you might change your mind, but let's say you're committed to this job and learning and getting hired for the next three months. And then that way you don't keep revisiting it, which can also slow down your timeline. You can reevaluate the plans after that, but just commit for three months, okay? In the first hour I would spend on networking. That's right. Even if you don't have a single skill yet, And here are the activities I recommend you do for the first hour of your time. You'll see that you'll do one or two of these a day, depending. But keep in mind that networking doesn't have to feel horrible. If you know what your plan is and what you want to say and the value you can add, it can actually be a really fun part of this process. But you'll see how it integrates with the learning as well. The first hour, we're going to do things like find people who are in the field you want to be in. And this is going to help solidify that this is the work you want to do. Where do they congregate? I want you to put a meetup or conference or meeting, whatever on your calendar. And most of these are going to be free, but even if it's paid, that can be a really helpful thing. Sometimes the paid events are a little bit higher quality. You can go to meetup.com or eventbrite.com and search for the group that you desire. Now you're going to find some people doing the job that you want. Where do those people work? Those are going to be places where people hire people like you. So, Where do those people congregate? Maybe you want to be in fintech, so you're going to associate with finance companies, or you want to be in healthcare tech, or you're not sure. So maybe you'll take entrepreneurship because you've heard that you can get your foot in the door faster. But where do those people congregate? Again, you're going to find out about those events through Meetup, Eventbrite, LinkedIn. They all have those. And you're going to put dates on your calendar to attend them. Then you're going to attend those events. Then you're going to follow up with people at those events, and you're going to do that for an hour every day. So if you aren't sure what to talk to them about, we're going to talk about that in the learning. But basically, you're building your network of people who do the job that you want to do and hire for the job you want to do. And no, I'm not saying that you are going to accurately predict the exact company that will hire you, but you're going to build this process into your day-to-day, and that's going to be really helpful eventually, and I'll talk about this next, when you apply to jobs, keeping in mind that you're very likely to get hired by your network, I don't want you to discount that. So you're still going to be doing that process. Once you start applying for jobs, you apply, you reach out to people at those companies and you follow up and you might say, well, they didn't give me a contact on the on the job posting. Well, that's okay. You should be going to LinkedIn and finding the company and looking up the people and connecting with them. It's that type of proactive energy that you're putting towards your job search that will pay off. And by letting people know as soon as possible that you are looking for this position, even before you have the skills, you're going to be in a great position to get more real world experience. In the second hour, I would devote to the learning aspect, but I have to define what it means to learn in tech because I don't mean watch a bunch of videos. Learning in tech means doing the work. And you might think, I have to watch a video to understand what I'm doing. And that's fine, but you're not gaining the skills when you're watching a video. So I really want that entire hour to be devoted to the work. Maybe you can watch a video for 15 minutes and then work for an hour. That would be better. And it's there's nothing wrong with watching a video to fill in a gap of learning or figure out what you're doing wrong, just keep in mind that an hour of actually doing the work is going to be very, very important for your development. Now, the work that you should be doing is to have two real world projects. And here's the way I recommend it. One is your self-selected project where you get the basics of your process, whether that's UX design, development, you're just getting the basics of the process, the software that you're using, the syntax down. You're not perfect. You're just kind of getting some basic skills down. And then the next one is this freelance, free in quotes project where all that networking that you've been doing, somebody might be willing to offer you a real world project where you can apply those skills. They're not paying you. You're still learning everyone. It's benefiting everyone. And then that will help you obtain a freelance client that is paid because now you've gone through the process twice and maybe you reduce your rates for the first time that you're doing it. But that is much more likely to lead to a getting hired full-time position. And I'm going to go over that learning again. So if you're thinking, well, what's the actual learning? You're going through the process, the UX process, the development process with project-based learning. And there will be parts of the, of, of the software or of the syntax that you don't see. That's okay. It's more important that you're applying the process to the real world projects. So a more common getting hired process than, or a more successful one than I do my portfolio, I get hired is I do a self-selected project. I do a freelance project for free. I do a freelance project for a client. I get hired full-time. Especially if you can apply to that full-time job while you're doing that freelance project, that's really powerful because you're like, I'm a freelancer. And that's how you can generate momentum. And then the full-time position is excited because you have the skills and the experience to show them that you can do the job. The more you're doing the getting hired process while you're learning, the faster the work will happen. And I understand this is very, very uncomfortable. But you will likely be asked to do a smaller portion of the task than you are learning because you're new. And that's an important part of this. So you're going to be junior when you go in there. And remember that if you put yourself out there in that way, you'll be hired before you learn everything because you won't need to know everything for that job. And if you just think that you need to know exactly what you need to know to get hired as opposed to learning everything, which is the most common mistake I see from women new to tech, that is going to absolutely accelerate your career. I want you to stop that Indeed death scroll, focus on getting hired activities that will actually get you hired, and you'll be in your dream job in no time. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's dot ycom I'll see you next time.